Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, I'm joined again by my friend and guest co-host, Matt Olpinski, for our coaching call with a side hustler turned agency builder named Jason. After working on the side for years, Jason and his wife finally decided to take their freelancing full-time and build an agency together. But that was right before the global pandemic. Now, after a year of eating into savings, they've used word of mouth to build up some good relationships, and they have the beginnings of a solid client base. But as any agency builder knows all too well, word of mouth marketing can be finicky and unreliable. So Jason wants to improve his marketing to build a more predictable client pipeline. The problem? He's a bit of an introvert. So today's episode becomes all about how to promote yourself and your business when you're introverted, like Jason. Stay tuned and we'll get started right after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. Uh, I'm Preston Lee from Milo.co. And joining me today as a special guest host is my friend Matt Olpinski, who's been on the show with us a couple of times. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for filling in. Yeah, of course. Hey, Preston. Good to be back. Yeah. Remind me where people can find you, uh, where you're sending people these days. I want to make sure at the top of the show, we get some nice exposure for you for, for doing us a favor here and filling in. Sure. Um, yeah. So pretty much everything is at my website, Uh it, 
basically it's a destination website for freelancers. There's tons of freelancing resources on there, articles and products and community and, and things like that. So pretty much everything, uh, and even a link to my company is actually on there. So um, everything just at madelpinski.com. Awesome. And yeah, if you're not following the, the stuff Matt's working on uh, in terms of especially the stuff for freelancers, like definitely check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll link to your site, metalpinski.com, in the show notes so people can check that out. Joining us today for their coaching call is our friend Jason, who we've been catching up with a bit before we hit record here. Welcome, Jason, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, really excited to have you here. Uh, I feel like I've seen your name, you know, around for quite a while. We've chatted back and forth for a while, and it's it's yeah. fun to finally have you on the air and talking to you, you know, in person, more or less. I'm I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's start off the episode. You can tell us and tell the listeners a little bit about your business. What are you working on? What do you do? What kind of clients do you have? Just just give us kind of a you know a roundabout picture of of what you're doing right now. Sure. So my business is called Ildis. We are a uh, design and brand strategy firm. It's two employees, me and my wife. Um, she's my business partner, you know, in and my partner in life. So uh, it's uh, it's been a fun endeavor. We started a little over a year ago uh, as a full time business. Before that, um, she was freelancing, and I was freelancing on the side, but I had a full-time gig where I was creative director for a large engineering firm for about eight years. Um, the business, our business itself, you know, grew kind of organically. It was, we had a lot of small little clients and in October of 2019, the job that I was at, it just it became a situation that I didn't want to be in anymore. So we talked it over and decided to make the leap and go full time and stop calling ourselves freelancers and turn it into an actual business because we wanted to operate it like a business. And then, right. you know, along comes a pandemic and <laughs> we went <laughs> yeah. for quite a while without work, which was really scary and ate up a lot of savings and all that. But in, uh, we we had little jobs coming in here and there, but they were small. I mean, they were you know, maxing out at like maybe a thousand dollars here and there, and it oh, was yeah. just you know yeah. it ate like into our barely, savings, barely and, scraping by. Oh, exactly. And you know, when you got two kids to feed and stuff like that, that's 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 scary. Um, but in September of uh, last year, uh, landed a couple sizable five figure contracts. Um, that have been good ongoing partnerships, um, and then picked up a. Um, I'm trying to remember what I can say. <laughs> picked up <laughs> yeah. a video game client um, that we do work with their marketing department and create a lot of social media assets and things like that, and then uh, recently picked up a. Um, agents, another agency as a client where we help them with the overflow stuff. Um, and I hope that turns into more of a long-term uh, partnership. Um, yeah. At the moment, it looks like it will. So uh, those are some ongoing sources. But, you know, like with any business starting off, you know, the hardest thing to do is get new clients and figure out yeah. where your footing <laughs> stands in the direction you want to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think by far, you know, we do these coaching calls, but also we have a, a large Facebook group. We have an email newsletter. Like by far, the the most and Matt, you probably see this over on your side as well. The most common thing people ask us about is like, how do I consistently get new work, new leads, new clients? Um, it's it's for sure a challenge, almost at any stage, really. You know, I was reading some statistics sure. of of any kind of business at any stage. Lead generation is is a problem, um, even among yeah, experts. You know, that's the number one question that I get asked. Yeah, is how to get how to get freelance clients. Which is good. At least people are asking that question. You know, like that. Uh, if you're not, if you don't have clients, you're not in business as a freelancer. So <laughs> it's a good place right. to start. Uh, you know, people are at least headed in the right direction. But I guess, Jason, I want to maybe flip the script for just a minute on you. And there might, I think, there might be listeners listening to your story, going, "That sounds like me." Except I'm stuck in the, you know, I'm only getting the odd jobs under a thousand dollars. Was there a switch you made? Is there is there a piece of advice you could give our listeners? To where you went from these uh, smaller odd jobs, less than a thousand dollars, to these five-figure jobs, more reliable clients. It sounds like maybe an agency that's more consistent. Like, did you guys change something, or or what was the catalyst for all that? No, there wasn't really any change, which is the odd thing. It was, um, or at least there wasn't any conscious change. Yeah, um, we were still doing all the things we were doing. Uh, one of our clients, the that we've struck up a long-term partnership with is a private chartered jet firm. And the owner is a fraternity brother of mine from college. And I just, you know, not out of any sort of obligation or any sort of trying to do anything, would like his posts and followed his business page and liked the posts that he put Mm. up on social media for that. Um, And he reached out to us just, you know, wanting to get some advice and needed knew he needed some help um, with the marketing efforts that his company was putting forward. They hadn't really done a large concentration on it. They'd really just been advertising with like the Chamber of Commerce and a couple of industry magazines um, here and there. Um, so he reached out and, you know, that started the ball rolling with that. And then, you know, another one of the, bigger clients that we landed was through another friend of mine. He um, he worked for a holding company out of Bermuda and they actually needed a new website. And he, you know, referred me and landed that job. And then the, the, the video game client that we do stuff with, um, I go to a conference every year called Creative South. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a friend of mine that I met through that and through another conference uh, reached out to us. We'd done a little bit of freelance work for him when he owned an agency um, before he made the transition into the role that he's in now. Um, and, you know, just was looking for people to help them with overflow stuff. And then the same goes with the agency. It was another friend of mine that I know through Creative South. Um, who just reached out and was like, hey, do you guys have room to take on any other projects at the moment? We're swamped and could use some help. Mm, yeah. So that's I love that. That's where it worked out for us. So, you know, I mean, word of mouth has word of mouth has worked out great for mm. us. Yeah. However, I don't think it's a sustainable long term solution. <laughs> 
Right. That's really the issue is like, you know, word of mouth is a great way to get started, but it's so unpredictable. You can't actually scale a business around it. And Matt, I'd love to hear your thoughts here. But what I'm hearing, uh, Jason, is like you said the word friend a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I know my friend Bobby and, and Clay are always saying, like the way they generate business is they basically just make friends with a ton of people and make sure that those people know what they do for a living, <laughs> right? And so it's like, <laughs> then then when someone needs, in Bobby's case, uh, a video person or a content marketing person, or uh, in Clay's case, like a, a fractional CMO, a, a marketing expert or whatever, then they call them up. And so it sounds like that's happened for you, Jason, as well. You made some friends, they know what you do. And when they had an overflow of work or, or knew someone that needed work, you were the person that came to mind. I don't know, Matt, what are you hearing on your end in terms of what's working for Jason so far? Yeah, so Jason, I I love what you said because that's uh, something, you know, tapping into that, not even tapping into, like it was almost, it was like unintentional. It just sort of started happening, like, like Preston was saying, where you were just connected with people. You just had conversations with people. And in some cases, it wasn't even a conversation. It was just likes on Facebook and a, like a comment here or there. Yeah. Just very light touch kind of stuff. Just like and being present, that, right? Yeah, yep. it, just being present. And I think what a lot of freelancers miss out on is they don't realize the, the the actual value that's there. Like you just have to be, you just have to be active. Like all, I was on a, a podcast a, a few weeks ago where we were talking about something similar and like all my first clients were all just people that I happened to be, that happened to be in my network. Some of them I didn't even know um, personally, but it was just like one connection away from somebody like my mom knew, like, you know, the family lawyer, I didn't know the family lawyer, but like, that was a a lead for me. And I ended up doing a project for that guy or somebody that I knew from a college course who had their own business and needed something or some something like that, where it was just like one connection point away. Um, And the way that they found out the way that I got connected with those projects was because I was open about talking to them uh, and being friendly and telling them what I did. So Preston, that's exactly what you were saying. It's just make friends, um, you know, be kind to people, be approachable, and just make sure that, that somehow they end up knowing what you do. Because if they, don't, if they don't necessarily need what you're offering, they may know someone who does. And that's like, you know, exponentially more uh, connection points, right? So, um, yeah. So I think I think it's great, Jason. I love that that was sort of how things happened because that's how things happened for me was just sort of this natural. That's how I got started. It just sort of happened, and so it was really cool to hear um, that that's the way it kind of worked for you. Yeah, it's 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 been nice. It's certainly you know less daunting than going out and trying to drum up sales ourselves. Um, you know, I think part of the challenge is that we've realized, especially. And I think a lot of people are realizing that over the past year is, you know, event networking and going to events where you naturally meet people mm-hmm. is just something that didn't happen for a year. And <laughs> yeah. then, you know, even now it's still very limited on what is available and what's out there. So finding a way to, make things happen naturally online mm-hmm. feels challenging and difficult. And and I think that's where we're trying to um, find a way to make that conversion there. Um, and, and part of that is, you know, 
as you guys know, when you run your own business, you you have limited time, um, especially when you're first starting out and finding that time to go to events um, and do stuff like that when you're juggling a business and juggling a family um, can be a real challenge. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly why so many freelancers face the feast famine cycle is because Yes, you're swamped for time and you get a job and then you work on that job. And while you're working on the job, you don't have time or you don't make time to be doing outreach or marketing or promoting. Um, and so, you know, that can be a real ch- real challenge. And I think maybe this is a good point to segue into a couple of the challenges you're facing because um, I think I think they have a lot to do with what we're talking about, which is you've got some good word of mouth marketing, but it's like I can't really scale based on word of mouth because I never know where the next job is coming from. And so uh, let's let's dive in now to maybe the the meat of this coaching call. You know, people who are familiar with the show know that everybody that comes on the show, including Jason, before they come on, they fill out a very short questionnaire. Um, and they tell us on a scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where would you rate yourself? And um, if you also want to come on the show and get a coaching call like Jason uh, today and have a conversation with me and Matt or me and Clay or <laughs> who knows, but um, with a couple people who have maybe done it before, uh, you can visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a simple little questionnaire there and you can schedule a time on our calendar. We'd love to chat with you about your freelance business and how to help you scale it. But Jason did that. He filled out the questionnaire. And Jason, you put that you are currently, you would say you're currently a three on the scale. So not not a one, not a freelancer entirely. You've maybe built some processes. Sounds like you're now working you know, in a partnership. Uh, but then you said in the next six to 12 months, you'd like to be more like a six. So can you explain to me and Matt what a six would look like for you? What does your business look like in a, in a perfect world in six or 12 months? What does your business look like? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that we're still trying to figure out, which is part of the reason I wanted to come mm. on here and yeah. and do that. But just to have a larger base of clients, because um, right now we're limited. We've got a, I mean, we don't have a ton of clients. I mean, it's you know maybe a dozen clients total, and you know some of those range from small, you know. Five hundred to a thousand dollar jobs, which I realize you know that's not little money, but it's not in terms of business, it's not sustainable money. Right. Um, and then you know all the way up to you know the low to mid five figure jobs we've got going on. Um, and then you know the with the video game company and the agency we're working on, you know that fluctuates because it's just based on, you know, how much they need at the time. And, you know, one week it could be, you know, a a $4,000 week. And the next week it could be, you know, a few hundred dollars. And it just, it's very up and down there. So finding enough client base to have a stable, reliable income um would really be our ultimate goal with that sort of thing. And yeah. then you know really just more beyond- more predictable revenue, more more predictable yes. client flow. So I guess what's what's uh maybe identify a big hurdle for us that Matt and I could tackle for you. What's standing in your way of 
of building up a, a you know a consistent pipeline and recurring revenue maybe or or repeat revenue or at least consistent predictable revenue in your business I, th- I think it's two things I think it's that the lack of ability to really effectively network and organically meet people um, just because of like in-person stuff with covid yeah because of that and just I mean personality basis too I mean we're both okay my wife and I are both kind of introverted um, yeah, yeah. and you know when there's big events going on, we tend to kind of shrink to the back with there's a lot of people. So, you know, I'm I'm great on a one-on-one basis or a small mm. group basis, but when there's larger groups and lots of things going on, like, you know, say a party or something like that or an open house for another business or something like that, I tend to be kind of quiet and will end up talking to the people I already know um, instead of going out and talking to people that I don't know and you know, sure. yeah. meeting them, which is, I mean, ultimately what I need to be doing. I'm, right. I'm I aware mean, of it, it, Like you've, <laughs> you've proven in your business that uh, as you get to know people, clearly people like you enough to hire you and you're talented enough that people hire you. Like if, if you can, yeah, sort of make that more predictable. I don't know, Matt, Matt, what are you hearing on, on your end? What advice might you have for Jason at this stage? If he wants to go from, kind of less predictable one-off jobs uh, to more predictable client pipeline. Are you hearing anything on your end? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and 
promo code freelance to save $400. Hydro.com promo code freelance, or just click the link in our show description. Yeah, so I think, let's see if I can kind of summarize here. So a few things. Um, I guess the first thing that came to mind was uh, uh, there's a lot of people talk like about this ultimate um, ultimate goal of sort of achieving consistent, predictable income. And I think that that you can become more consistent and more predictable. But uh, if someone could tell me how to create consistent, predictable income uh, forever, that would be great. Um, but I'm not sure how to actually achieve that. So what I sure, what I, sure. Say, and I, under, I understand that you know with owning your own business, that's there is a bit of a fallacy there. Right. But being able to create a, I guess, more predictable income yeah. than yep. So so the way that I've sort of well, I can just tell you what sort of worked for me um, is all of my more predictable, more consistent income has always come from these long term partnerships. I can look back. For the last six or seven years, and that's that's always been the case. So um, sometimes I get projects that are kind of fixed, and they might be you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and that's good for like you know maybe a few months of work, um, but or, or you know part time work. Um, but the there's always been something stacked up alongside that for the other the other hours that I have in a week, and that's been maybe like a four month contract or a six month contract that then got renewed. For another six months, and then another six months, and so it's developing these these partnerships. And that, like you said, I'm glad you mentioned in the, in the earlier in our call, you know, partnering with these agencies. I think that's a great way to do that because they can they can help bring in um, some of that more consistent work. Um, so when you combine things like that with uh, a good website that generates uh, quality leads and being active and present in events when you can and in person and online and in your network, just when you're kind of out and about doing things. And I know that's been more difficult over the last year. Thankfully, I think we're starting to, to come out of that a bit. Um, but when you sort of combine all these things together, that's when I think you have the most, when I've at least had the most success. Um, so I think that you're doing, I think that you're doing the right things. Um, I'd like to hear more about how your website is helping you generate leads. I think this may be another angle that we can touch on. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's sort of um, that's sort of where I'm at right now. I don't know, Preston. Do you want to jump back in here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're headed in the right direction. I'd maybe push pause on the website thing until we sort out this, um, you know, networking as an introvert kind of idea or promoting mm-hmm. yourself as an introvert because I think a lot of a lot of freelancers, a lot of freelancers who are trying to scale, people who are creative, people who, you know, there's a reason. We inherently like to work for ourselves because maybe we'd rather just work for ourselves than someone else. We don't want to deal with someone else being our boss. So I think we all have, I think a lot of us uh, have introverted tendencies. You know, there, I know a lot that are outgoing, but I know probably more that are introverted. And so I think this is an issue that a lot of freelancers face. I guess, um, I guess like I, I do wonder if, I don't know. It sounds, Jason, like, yes, you're introverted, but once you actually connect with someone, then you really do have a connection with them. So I, I guess what's the hurdle between like... Yeah, that like, would be accurate. Yeah. So what So what's what, what do you find is the hurdle? What's How do we bridge that gap, I guess? Or what is the gap? What, how can we identify it? What's What's the bridge between like not knowing someone and then getting to know them? So that they like you. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess it is. It's like in high school when you're trying to ask somebody out for the first date. It, <laughs> yeah. it is that sweaty palms, 
just terrified of rejection sort of feeling that goes yeah. on when um trying to meet some especially and like like I said before it, it's especially in larger group settings where you've got mm-hmm. to go up and meet strangers and things mm-hmm. like that when there is someone there who can act as my wingman and you know introduce me to someone I can yeah much easier I, yeah so I introvert may not be the best way to describe it I'm more of an ambivert um, <laughs> yeah where I tend to be shy at first. And in large settings, I tend to be more quiet and reserved. But in small settings, I'm fairly outgoing and I'd like to think I'm pretty personable and yeah, you know, yeah. people like me. I mean, for it the sounds most part. like it from the from the experiences you've shared with us. I I have maybe a suggestion that I know Clay has shared previously on the show that has worked for him, and that is he um so when he was working in Little Rock, building an agency in Little Rock, he uh he would publish all sorts of content online and then target it to local businesses. But you could do the same thing whether you're looking for local clients or clients from anywhere, but you find a way to target them on social uh, on social media, whether through ads or through organic or whatever, and you target them so that they see your content. And then he would go to events with the same people that he was targeting and they would actually come up to him. <laughs> and they'd, they'd be like, hey, I've seen, uh, I've seen your article or I've seen your video or I've, I've heard your podcast or whatever. and and um, that that was like a nice icebreaker for him because they already knew and trusted him. They already knew his voice, knew his face, uh, knew the way he thought about marketing or whatever. And so they would just come up to him and say like, hey, I've seen that. Uh, let's chat about marketing. And so it was a great way to kind of flip the the process there a little bit. I don't know. Would something like that work in, in your business, Jason? I, I think it would. I think you've uh, touched on what our other struggle is, is that self-promotion and mm. things like that. And, and you know, a lot of that is a byproduct of we are busy at the moment. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, would have, you say self-promotion is, is a psychological thing or just like a time issue? Both. Okay. It, it's, it's... I think... We are both more comfortable being in a support role, promoting other people, and doing things like that. Like, I mean, I've got my own podcast, Preston. I think I had you on it a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly. Um, but you know, in that podcast role, and, and kind of like this one, is you're focusing on the other person and really promoting them. And when in our business and our personal lives, we're very much people who will promote somebody else and mm, you know, yeah. give, give the other person the spotlight. Um, so there's, there's that challenge. And then the other challenge is we are busy. So, you know, finding the time or really making the time to do that is... Yes, I love that you said making the time. Yes, right. I mean we I, all have we, we all have twenty four hours in the day. <laughs> yes, um, you know I, our other challenge is that we do homeschool our kids, so that you know that does cut into you know time that we can focus on things, and, and you know yeah. I I'm yeah. very glad for that time, and I I'm not giving that up for anything. That's my family. That's you know yeah. they're the most yep. important thing into me, but I want to be able to provide for them and create a much more economically stable environment for them to yeah. go along with, you know, the emotionally stable environment that we provide for them. 
Well, I think you've touched on some really important things here. And Matt, I'd love your take on it. But one thing that um, that I'm hearing, so I don't I don't know if we'll kick a dead horse because uh, you know on this show and and Jason, I can we can definitely talk offline if you want, or I can link you to some previous episodes. We've talked a ton about like hiring in order to free up time. So you could potentially hire a promotion person, um, even someone who works like on commission, like, you know, a, a, a headhunter of sorts for any, you know, if they send you a client and it works out, then they get part of the fee or something. Like there are ways I think you could get around not having time to promote yourself. I think the bigger question here, and yeah, it ties I'd love in to hear more the, about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think, I think the bigger issue though here is the the psychology of it. Like the, the um, like, how do I talk about myself <laughs> to people? How do I promote myself to people? And for me, uh, before we turn the mic over to Matt here, for me, it's all about understanding the value that you provide to clients. Like you've said, you know, it's easy for us to talk about. It's easy for us to promote other people and focus on the client or focus on, you know, other people. And it's hard for us to focus on ourselves. But if you really think about, and this maybe ties into what we're going to talk about when we talk about your website a little bit later. If you really think about the services that you're offering, you're providing value to your clients first and foremost. And then, yes, you get value back in the form of a payment or more business. But like, really, your job is to provide value to the client. And so can you talk about all of your self-promotion? Can it all be client-focused? Can the copywriting be about the client, not about you or your agency or your business can it be about their results and their problems and their hurdles and and their target audience and them, them, them? Uh, it might be a little easier then to talk about yourself <laughs> in a way, but by really talking about your clients. I don't know. Am I making any sense, Matt? What are you what are you picking up over there? Yeah, so I, I totally I totally agree, Preston. I think that's a great uh, a great strategy is to sort of um, flip the script a little bit and sort of focus it all on them. Uh, so it's not it's not so much self promotion. Uh, you're really um, sharing strategies for how you can help them, and, and it really all becomes about them. And that's kind of what you want to do, no matter what. That's a, that's just a great great kind of mindset to adopt. That was like a big pivot point for me in my career when I started thinking from the perspective of the client versus um, sort of just trying to sell myself and promote myself. It became much much easier and much more natural. But um, it sounds like so. I want to interject a couple things here. So it sounds like up to this point, we've sort of talked a little bit about maybe some in-person strategies, and I think there's some other things that um, that maybe could work. Because um, I don't know if you knew this, Preston, but I'm, I was always a little bit more introverted as well. If you put me in the middle of a, of a big event, I would just kind of like go to the back of the room and not really talk to anybody, um, I, unless mm, yeah. you know I, I knew I, them. I think that's a designer trait. <laughs> yeah. So I was a couple things I wanted to bring up. One. Is um you can always do uh you know like job boards like you're a designer so like Dribble has a lot of great great uh, things like that so there's different different job boards and stuff there's cold outreach to businesses local or not local um just kind of like maybe look up their website and see if it's any good um and, or their marketing and see if it's any good and if it's not maybe reach out to them and just like kind of say that that's what you do and you're you know always available for work or happy to meet meet, meet up or whatever if possible but another thing that I, I think this is maybe the most important thing. I wanted to ask you um, about reaching out to either past or current clients because I think you're starting to getting you're starting to get to a point in your business where you have gotten some decent work that you may want more of in the future and you have some good connections. Um, so actually being proactive about just reaching out to them, whether they're a past client or maybe even a current client that you've had some success with. Um, so maybe you're towards the end of a project or the, at least the relationship has been established and going well. 
Um, and you can ask them for a few referrals and just see if they know anybody. Um, and tapping into those, that's like going to be your warmest leads, right? A direct referral from somebody that you're already working with. So I just wanted to kind of float that out there and see if maybe that sure. will help, help the is there a, a bit. Is there a natural organic way to do that without feeling salesy? I think that's, for me, one of the big challenges is mm. I don't want, I realize I need to be more salesy, but I don't want to come off like a used car salesman either. And yeah, I'm trying totally. to find that balance right. between the two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, I always just, I always just keep it very kind of short and sweet um, when I when I do do something like this. And it's mostly just like, hey, um, just so you know, it's more like a like a just a way of saying, hey, you know, I'm available for work, or I, you know, I have some availability come up coming up in the next few months. If you know of anyone, I really appreciate you know maybe being put in touch with them. And that also does something else. It also lets that client know that you have availability coming up. So maybe they themselves will be willing to fill that spot. So, um, or maybe uh, update your website, right? And just let the let your clients know that like you've updated your site where you've uh, modified one of your services or something like if there's, any, if there's any sort of content, you know, that you can create um, and then just like let people know about it. And that's, you don't even have to be direct about asking for a referral. You can just kind of, you know, use that as a means to reconnect with people. So, Preston, I want to kind of flip it back to you a little bit because I think we're on. I think we're on a little bit of a new track here. I want to get your thoughts. No, I think this is great. And to answer your question, Jason, you know the the salesy issue that comes up all the time. How do I how do I sell myself without feeling like a sleazy car salesman or something? Which my wife and I are in the process of buying a new car right now, and I totally, totally oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I know, right? It's terrible. It's the worst um, process. First world problems, I suppose, but um, yeah, it's easier uh, to buy a house than it is to buy a car. <laughs> it's just it's it's not great. I just I don't like dealing with the the salesman, and and so there's a yeah. reason that you that that's always the analogy, right? Is like I don't want to be a sleazy salesman. For me, uh, when you understand the value that you're providing your clients, that's when it becomes more natural. So in the moments when your client says, "Oh wow, I love what you did here," you say something like. Thank you. We we loved working on it. It was such a pleasure, and we love helping companies like yours. If there's ever anyone else, you know, that you think we could help, we'd love to help them. Like something that genuine, right? Doesn't come off as sleazy because you're genuinely wanting to help people uh, and help clients. And yes, you're going to get paid to help them. That's what business is. But they know that you're in business. It's not a secret, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so I think there are there are moments when your client is particularly satisfied that you can just like say like yeah working with clients like you is really satisfying for us too, and uh, you know whatever whatever however the right way is for you to say it obviously you have to find your own way to say it in your own words sure. uh, but you know I would say something like that like yeah we really love working with companies like yours if you ever have any friends or or fellow business owners or whatever we'd love to to you know broaden our network or. We'd love to help them too, or anything like that. Yeah, just something very casual like that goes a long way. Yeah, um, and yeah. even asking for even at the if you have completed the project, asking for a testimonial. Um, and there's some creative ways that you can like get a really good testimonial, and then just putting that on your site, like just creating like a repository of testimonials. Um, now you know if you've been, been in business for a little over a year, it sounds like now would be a great time to start kind of collecting those and being proactive about making sure that you get testimonials because uh, that's going to help yeah. attract other Definitely. clients as well. And then when you do ask for that testimonial, that's sort of like a natural opportunity for you to, you know, let let them know about upcoming availability or asking if they know anybody else who might need similar services or, or something like that. And, and that's really all it is. It's not a sales pitch. It's just uh, just kind of a friendly, 
friendly requests. Okay. Well, that's that. Those are those are good ideas. I, I like that. I, that gives me something to work with. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that. I think we probably have maybe you know seven or ten minutes left in your coaching call here, Jason. What have we not touched on that you want to make sure we talk about uh, before we wrap up the show? Um, you know, we've started. To, we started to talk about the website a little bit, and, and I think that's one of the challenges for us. Is we, you know, our website went up in a hurry um, because it was a really quick decision when we went full time, right, yeah. and it was, you know. It happened right before I was about to MC a conference. So I literally built the website in a weekend and, you know, made our business cards and all that stuff and got them printed <laughs> yeah. in time for that conference. And then have not had a chance to touch it since. Or I shouldn't say that. Have not made time to touch it since because there was a good... <laughs> yeah. You from, didn't have as much know, of a motivator from, as the from first February, time From February to September, I had a lot of free time where I could have been doing <laughs> other stuff and I just didn't. Yeah. Um, so that is that is definitely on me. But now that we're in a place where we are busier and we're having trouble making the time to update our website and and you know is it is it more effective to focus on our own personal website or is it better to do social media outreach and stuff like that or should it be or should they be done together i guess is what what are the do's and don'ts that i should be mm. looking for yeah i love that question really really well framed question i'm sure matt has a million great ideas my first take and then we can bounce ideas back and forth is to do them in tandem any kind of promotion that you're doing. If you don't have a decent website, and by website, I don't mean, you know, I've done quite a few podcast interviews where we talk about portfolio sites. I don't mean just a place that shows off your work. I mean, a lead generating, like focused on converting site visitors to interested or paying clients. Um, But having that in tandem with any other promotion you're doing for me is critical because you meet someone, you maybe give them a business card or you or you shoot them a quick email or you follow up on a job posting, all the things we've talked about so far. It's like, where can they go then to actually take action? Aside from emailing you or calling you, which can be a little awkward because they might be introverted as well or you know whatever, they might be busy. They might want to learn more or be convinced more. Convince them on a, on a lead generating portfolio site. Matt, what do you think? What's some advice you might give Jason in this scenario? Okay, so I could talk about portfolio websites and marketing websites <laughs> yeah. for a, a full hour. <laughs> at um, least. But at least, at least. But, uh, but uh, so just as a, a quick summary, I agree with you, Preston. I think doing both in tandem, I think doing you know, social media um, in combination with working on your own site. My, my own website, um, which used to be my, my portfolio site at madelpinsky.com, it now has its own company URL and its own kind of company focus at a, at a different URL. Um, that's always been the cornerstone of my business. That's always how I've gotten leads. Um, I've rarely had to reach out to anyone for work. Um, people find my site mostly on Google, um, which I get is not like necessarily a repeatable thing for everybody. Um, but I've had a tremendous amount of, of success just, just focusing on like iterative improvements with my portfolio site. And I know you're a designer. You've been doing this for a long time. So I don't need to you know, spend time on a lot of specifics. But I think if you haven't had a chance to work on it or tweak it or update it, 
Um, I would say that now is probably a good time to to do some of those things, to review your services and make sure that you're only listing services that you really want to continue offering that are that are profitable for you, that you enjoy. Um, it looks like I took a look at your site. There's a lot of great content on it and you do great work. So there's there's a lot of great Thank things. You. There's a lot of great things going for you. So if you only did it in like a weekend, I, I can only imagine what you do. Yeah. Maybe like a, a few I weeks agree. Um, of, of hours, you know, put into it, um, just kind of re- refining things. So I think that you are on the right track, but I would do that. And because that's the first thing people are going to look up, especially if, when you offer things like, you know, branding and web design, they're going to go look for work samples. They're going to look for your services. Um, so the more you can sort of use your website as a, as a, a lead generation tool, um, the better, the better it's going to be. And then when you do the social media outreach and you're kind of driving people back to your site, um, you know, one, you're going to be happy doing that. And two, it's going to help convert more people. Um, and maybe other people will even organically share it you know, with people they know. It'll give, you know, these referrals you're talking about, you'll, you'll, it'll become a, a resource for them as well. So I think, I think there's a lot to say about portfolio websites and marketing web. Well, in this case, a marketing website, your company. So, um, I think, I think it would be, you'd be doing yourself a tremendous service by, uh, continuing to work on the site. Okay. Well, yeah, that's one of the things I want to know. Cause I mean, I've got a blog hidden at the moment, but I haven't posted anything up just because I haven't taken the time to write anything. And that's, you know, something I've been thinking about lately. So, um, you know, yeah. And, and maybe through the blog, people discover you on Google. Um, you know, maybe not, maybe, maybe it's the, the hard, the hard thing for me is like, there's so many different pieces of a website that you could add like a blog, for example. But, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, what I call a minimum viable portfolio. And that is like, what's, what's the minimum I can do that will influence a site visitor to, you know, fill out a contact form or pick up the phone or whatever, however I prefer contacts or uh, clients to contact me or however they prefer to contact me. How can I get them to take action? So they, they might meet you at a, an event, they might see your business card, they visit your website, then what? And have you made it extremely easy uh, on your portfolio for someone to take that next step. Uh, and if not, then you have more of a showcase portfolio and not as much of like a marketing lead generation portfolio. So there's like a few things that I always recommend and that's, you know, take your take your social buttons off. If, you know, you want them coming from social, not leaving your, your marketing site to visit your social accounts. Um, if you blog, you know, make it focus on SEO so that you bring in traffic and and don't link away from like your sales or lead gen pages to your blog because you want people coming from your blog into your funnel and and ultimately becoming a client. You know, your case studies should focus on conversion, ROI, results that you got for past clients should really be very very client focused instead of, you know, we do this, it's um our clients get these results, and that kind of thinking and framework uh, I have seen has has completely transformed like a very sleepy website uh, into a lead generation machine, really. And I've seen you know I've seen Matt do that on his site. I've seen lots of other freelancers make those kinds of transformations, and and it pays off. It works. I, I got a question for you on something you touched on there. Please. Is the generating or not generating getting the kind of ROI that your clients have experienced? How do you... What is the best way to approach your clients to find that? Because and, and Matt, this is open to you too. Because we're in the design field and 
I am smart enough to know that design is not the make or break for a business in a lot mm. of situations. It's not necessarily directly converting over to things. I mean, there are exceptions. I think if you're in the consumer packaged goods and things like that, then that that can definitely directly convert. But when we're, you know, talking about putting a new logo out for a client and things like that, how do I approach them to find out how that's changed or affected their business yeah. or yeah. something well, along those lines? Uh, so I'll, I have an answer and I'm sure Matt does. Uh, my take is you have to know why your client hired you. Uh, so if you know why they hired you, and then you have to know at the end of the project, did you accomplish what they hired you for? There was a business reason they hired you. Uh, even if it was just to like make their amateur-looking brand look more professional, right? Um, whatever that like A to Z reason is that they hired you for, you have to be able to identify that. And then at the end, it would be great to get some sort of feedback, maybe when we're talking about testimonials or even just feedback on the project, sit down with them and say, did we accomplish what, what you were hoping we accomplished? And when they when they say yes, then use those kinds of words in your marketing copy and flip it around. So now, you know, there might not always be like, you know, we saw 150% increase in revenue year over year. There might not always be that. But whatever the reason is they hired you, that will be the reason that will be the reason your next client hires you. And so I think if you can identify that, you can use that in your in your in your case studies, in your marketing copy. I don't know. Matt, what what do you think, man? Yeah, so I, I agree with that. I think <clears throat> there's always a business reason why clients hire you, even if they don't necessarily share that with you. Yeah. So for example, a client might hire you to design a new logo for them, and they might only tell you that it's to make their company appear more trustworthy. Okay, well, great. Uh, and that, that's a good thing to say, but that's not really that tangible. But at the end of the day, if you take it a step further, it's like, why do they want to look more trustworthy? It's so that ultimately they can you know, generate more revenue. Uh, at the end of the day. So if you can, I think to Preston's point, if you can discover, a, dig a little bit deeper early on um, and ask some some better questions early on to really get at the root of like what they're looking for, that'll go a long way uh, towards tying it in later on when you follow up with them and say, hey, what's changed in your business um, over the last you know six months or maybe three months after you worked with them? Um, and sometimes when there are really tangible things like, I've worked for startups um, where you can't, you don't really want to like share all of the exact details of, of what may have happened um, where, where you're not allowed to. So you may not always <laughs> be able to say certain things. So for, but for example, like I worked with the, hence a, the a, reason a, I say video game company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there, but, but I can, I can sort of generalize a little bit. Like I can say, um, you know, in the last six months, uh, this one client I worked with was able to raise, uh, you know, five times, uh, what they paid for the project in investment, right? Like they got new investment funds that were worth 5x what they paid for the original project. So it helped them raise money. Um, so like there's things where I'm not giving away any specific numbers, but like you can say things like that um, and be creative with sort of how you present uh, some of these statistics that aren't always really easy to either gather or to share. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, the more you can focus it and focus them on sort of the, the tangible business uh, goals and outcomes, the better. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, well, I'm Jason, I, I, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, I was I'm 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 curious as to when when you're updating things and and going on a more self I still hate that word self promotion, but when you're when you're focusing more on your business and the benefit that you're providing to others is is there any tips or techniques that you find that work better than others? In terms of, sorry, in terms of like self-promotion? Yeah. For me, it's all just about being yourself. Uh, you know, if you, if you try to be a, a salesman, if you try to study being a salesman and then you try to be what books say a perfect salesman should be, like it's just not going to work. At least it, wouldn't, it doesn't work for me. For me, it's all about just being myself. Uh, so if you genuinely care about your clients, then show that genuine care when you talk to potential new clients. If you really care a lot about uh, ROI, then, then talk about that when you meet people. If you don't care about it, don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like I think, I think as you're genuine, you will attract the, right, the kinds of clients that you like to work with. We've all been on either side probably either been a client who's approached by someone and it just doesn't match uh, or we've tried to pitch a client and we realize that they just they want things we can't deliver or you know there's just not a match there so for me it's just about being genuine and then I, I you tend to kind of connect with the people who appreciate the kind of work you do in the way that you do it I don't know Matt yeah, spot on, Preston. I think I, I'll offer just a little bit of, I think, encouragement for Jason. And I think a lot of other freelancers out there who often will listen to podcasts like this or read articles, and there's there's all this advice like do do these things or this is the right strategy. And I think people get really bogged down in that, and they say, okay, well, what if I don't have ROI statistics for every case study, mm, yeah. or you know, should like they, they, there's this like they kind of get in their own head a little too much. So it's like there are there are things that work and things that you should strive for. But like if you look at the case studies on my site, I don't have ROI statistics for every case study. Um, but I do talk about a lot of other things that made the project go really well and that made it valuable. So I think that it, there, it's not a there's no perfect answer to all this. Um, I think to Preston's point, you know, just be yourself, be genuine. I've that's always been um successful for me. I've always had a lot of success just kind of being myself um, and not getting in my own way too much and just saying, okay, like this is the next iterative improvement. I figured out a way to make my site better. I'm going to go do that. And then uh, next time I <laughs> think of something that'll make it better, I'll go do that. And until then, I'm going to leave it alone. Um, so uh, I would just say, don't get in your own way, I think is, is just uh, what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, for sure. Jason, I hate to wrap up this call. I think it's been so much fun. I've learned a lot um, from you and from Matt. Um, I feel like I've, you know, we've we've covered some really interesting things here that apply to a lot of freelancers. Maybe some more encouragement is, you know, you're not alone in a lot of these things you're you're facing. A lot of us are going through those or have gone through those same issues. So you you're on the right track. I mean, you just gotta keep pushing forward. You're you're doing it right. And uh, I, I say just keep up the good work. And hopefully this call has been somewhat helpful for you today. Yeah, very helpful. Thank you. Good. Absolutely. Thanks again uh, to Matt Olpinski from mattolpinski.com for joining us as a, a guest host. Very much appreciated, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Preston. And uh, Jason, I, I, again, I agree with Preston. Um, just keep up the good work. You're, you're on the right track. Just, just keep going. Thanks, Matt. That's right. That's right. All right, Jason. Thank you so much, man. Take care. 
Will do. Thank you. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.